Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. What's the best way to fish like a local? What if you could book a trip with an experienced local guide with the click of a button? Now you can with Fishing Booker. Now anyone can access enjoyable fishing experiences anywhere. Take the legwork out of setting up that trip and explore more than 30,000 fishing experiences at your fingertips. Just go to fishingbooker.com to get started and book your trip with a local guide. That's fishingbooker.com. Fishing Booker. Fish like a local. Clean and protect your firearms with Riptide Armory. Riptide Armory's products are military and professionally formulated and approved, featuring a groundbreaking graphene-infused ceramic coating that is safe for all surfaces, providing unmatched protection for any firearm. Discover a new standard in gun maintenance. Order your advanced cleaning kits today at RiptideArmory.com. Riptide Armory, relentless performance for your firearms. All right, we're back with another episode of Cutting the Distance podcast. I'm your host, Dirk Durham, and I'm at my good buddy's house here in good old Montana. This friend of mine... We've been, we've known each other for a while. Um, he's one of my older, one of my oldest, like, internet friends, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> my, my, the one and only John Gabriel from Apex Advertising. I think we've been buddies since, like, 2010, somewhere oh, in there. Man, it's been a long time, it's that's long. for sure. Yeah. So, and I'm getting old, so I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, I was a young buck. <laughs> still, still am, but. You still uh, kind of look like a young buck. See these gray hairs right here, though. I mean, like I'm starting to look like you. Like you got a long ways to go to look like me. <laughs> I'm. I don't have gray hair. I have white hair. <laughs> yeah, white. Hey, dude, it's filling in though. You know, I didn't have any of these till I got married. Yeah, and then it just went downhill. It's all downhill. It's all there. downhill. Yeah, yeah, it is. You warned me. Yeah. Well, yeah. now I'm a distinguished gentleman with all this white hair. Yeah. Um, first time I've been called a gentleman in my whole life. Um, but I'll take it. Yeah. I will take it. Yeah. So, um, John Gabriel. Um, guys if you follow phelps on social media if you follow phelps on youtube uh john's been on some of our uh elk hunts together um but way back in the day when phelps was producing some video a video series called tradition the traditions we and did the tradition in your series. group you had a, a yeah. group you had a group name called uh angry mountain productions angry mountain productions yeah amp that. Amp, amp, yeah, that's what we called it. But that was way back in the day. Way that was that was kind of our Phelps when we started the whole video series. Started doing a lot of the video stuff for Phelps itself, and that was kind of then. It, well, now it's just all rolled into Phelps. So, but that that was kind of like back in the, the day, like what started the whole video thing. I think kind of on that side. So, yeah, Jason didn't really have a lot of stuff before that um, for the brand itself, and then we kind of took off and. 
Now, if you dig deep in the annals and annals, annals, annuals of, of, of YouTube, (laughs) you can find, I mean, if you really want to geek out on Jason Phelps, he started, he had a YouTube channel called what the heck was it called way back in the day oh prime uh, time outdoors prime time yes outdoors. <laughs> yes <laughs> oh my god dude you've got to look this up yeah because that, that was the pre that was the way back yeah prime yeah. time outdoors yeah. Yeah. guys you got to look this up yeah i i had a good chuckle to myself because jason phelps and his and and what he was doing back then um you know he's been a youtube star i mean he's oh. a youtube starlet for Ever. Years, years, years. He was like the inventor of YouTube. He basically yeah, invented. He YouTube. basically invented it. He was that good. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, uh, but anyway, and then fast forward a few years, and John and Jason and I got to share an elk hunt in New Mexico, um, which that video lives on on Loopholds yep. uh, YouTube channel. So check that out. Yep. Um, we had an awesome hunt in New Mexico. Lots of highs, lots of lows, but. Turned out to be a great hunt. We all tagged out on beautiful bulls. And then um I'm over here at his his house just loafing, man. I've been I've been elk hunting for the last few days trying to trying to kill one in overtime, basically. And um I'm like, you know what? It's time to talk talk shop with with John. And John, I don't want to get too far ahead. So Apex advertising is the business you own. Yep own and operate. Tell us about that first. Yeah. So, I mean, I've had Apex, oh man, since 20, end of 2011, I guess, 2012, somewhere in there. Uh, so, I mean, 12 years-ish. And I mean, kind of actually started with Phelps from day one when he started that brand and um, designed his original logo and was pretty much there since Jason started Phelps Game Calls back in the day um done a ton of design work all his web work everything obviously until like recent with the whole you know meat eater thing um but uh yeah so i own and operate apex advertising do a ton of design work in the industry marketing um you know kind of all jack of all trades a little bit you know when it comes to you know design and web design and vehicle wraps and trade show booths and catalogs i mean we've done so much stuff with Phelps over the years and like, you know, in your Bugler brand, you know, back when you had that and like, you know, everything there and worked with a bunch of companies in the industry. And so that's kind of been my, my bread and butter and like forte. And like, I just absolutely love working with all you guys and working on brands and building them. And, you know, it's, it's a passion of mine, you know, outside of hunting, obviously, which we all share that and the whole elk passion side of things. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've, that's what, that's what I do day in and day out. And you're sitting in my, uh, office right now and staring at at the wall but uh yeah it's um it's been good so moved out of washington and moved to utah for a few years and then here we are in montana now and hopefully i stay here because i don't want to go back to uh the old evergreen state but man yeah you know i'm a i'm a born and raised uh, idaho native and i'm jealous as hell that you live in montana i mean idaho at one time had some really awesome hunting. They still have a lot of really awesome hunting opportunities, but things are, they're changing. There's some winds of change blowing right now. I think personally, my, my opinion, um, Montana is still got some pretty awesome opportunities. Wyoming has got some pretty awesome opportunities. And I feel like I'd love to, I'd love to live in Montana. I'd love to live in Wyoming. Um, what I have going on at home, that's probably not going to allow it, but (laughs) (laughs) that's another story for another time. Another time. Right. Yeah. But uh, I will say, you know, John and I work very closely together on um, if you've seen, if you've bought a Phelps game call, 
then the the packaging. Mm-hmm. John does the pack. He builds the the artwork for the packaging. If you see the logos on the bugle tubes, on the diaphragms, John John does all that. He he built all that. He, there's some really really big names in the outdoor industry, and he's he would probably never tell you unless you really if you were a close friend and knew him. But he does he does a lot of artwork t-shirts, a lot of t-shirt design for a lot of people. Um, built some websites for a lot of big names in the outdoor industry. So he's the real deal. But that kind of overshadows sometimes. I feel like that kind of overshadows a little bit of like maybe John's hunting prowess because he's not a kind of stand at the top of the mountain and say, look at me kind of guy. He just does what he does. He he has a passion for elk hunting. He has a passion for mule deer hunting, passion for whitetail hunting. He's been very successful at it. Um, you know, he's one of those guys that kind of like, they, they always say like train but they say train in private, you know, yeah. um, train quietly in private and then just, and then show up with, with what you do. And that, and that's kind of what you do every year. It's like, you're not like say, look at me all the time, but damn, at the end of season, <laughs> you've got some pretty nice bucks and bulls to show for it. So. Yeah. I think, you know, and that's one thing, you know, I mean, over the years I've always just, it's kind of like do the homework and put in my time and behind the scenes and like, what can I do to prepare for next year, you know, all the time. And like, that's, I'm just always forward thinking, I mean, heck, what do we do? We sit here tonight and, you know, we eat dinner together. And then it's like, we're looking at Onyx trying to figure out like, what's our next game plan here? Because we got some meal deer that are coming up and you know, what's, what are we doing? You know, where, where is this going to fall? And so I feel like I'm always kind of going, but it's like 365 days a year that I'm preparing where, you know, it's like you get other guys that are in the gym all the time and stuff like that. And like, I used to be in the gym all the time and last couple of years and whatnot, maybe this whole marriage thing, you know, I don't know, something like that, that, that kind of took over. Kylie ratted me out at the dinner table there tonight, <laughs> but, <laughs> she did. She did. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I, I used to spend a lot of time in the gym too, like, you know, working out and feeling like I had to do that to be in shape, to go be successful. I'm not saying that there's not, you know, that level to that, you know, and still like I, and we still got, we do a lot of hiking and stuff during the summer and like we're in a pack. And I feel like that very situational preparing the way that you're going to hunt and is useful, you it's know? Very key. Yeah, it's key. My dad always said, he's like, there's no way to get in shape like hiking. And right. so I truly believe that. And so we kind of focus more on that now and like being very proficient with, you know, a bow or a gun or like whatever it is, whatever I were hunting with. And I feel when I leave the house, I'm like, yeah, like I have no question in my mind that it's like, if I'm going to shoot at something, I'm, I'm going to kill it, you know? And so I don't know, but I do a lot of, a lot of preparation in the off season and, um, kind of all year. And that's just, but that's one of the things it's like, I'm just more of like, I want to get results for myself and show that like, you know, to myself, like, Hey, when I leave the truck, come back at the end of season, it's like, I got a tag punched, you know? And Sometimes it doesn't go smooth, you know, sometimes we spend a lot more time than I think I should be out there spending that time to fill that tag, but it's kind of, you know, one of those things I want to kill a nice animal and make, you know, sure that I gave it my effort that I feel like I'm satisfied and then, you know, have something to prove to myself, but I don't go necessarily all the time. I'm not like, you know, on social media all the time. I mean, I'll post a picture, you know, and be like, Hey, this is the end result, but I mean, dude, there's a lot of what you see, like videos and stuff of animals in the meantime, you know, it's like I've seen or passed or had close encounters on and like, let go. And then I look back, I'm like, shoot, maybe I shouldn't have done that. And like, but you know, at the end of it, I just, 
mean, well, I've killed a few things. I mean, it's like you see my garage and, you know, buck hanging here in the office. And I really love the whitetail thing. You know I mean? For years, like 18 years straight, like that's my passion. I love chasing elk. I love chasing those whitetails, mule deer too, everything. But I really got hooked on the whitetail thing. And I think we kind of hit it off too, because you came from a neck of the woods where you used to have really good whitetail hunting. Mm -hmm. And then my dad hunted that country back, shoot what, like the nineties in like that time, Mm -hmm. you know, when it was used to be really good. And you grew up in that neck of the woods in that era too, when it used to be really good. So I think we kind of shared the whitetail thing in the very beginning, you know, like off the bat way back. And, you know, that's always kind of been a thing. And then, you know, obviously the elk, you know, has been a big part too, but, um, it's kind of cool. Cause you sit here talking whitetails and being out in the West and a lot of guys enjoy that to where they're more, Oh yeah. That's something that guys go do in the Midwest, you know, or the East coast, you know, right. Where for us, it's like, no, dude, these are cool mountain bucks. Like these are special deer that we get to go chase. And so I love that. And I think that's kind of a cool thing. And then, you know, like get a big old four point buck or five point near what neck of the woods as you call it. Here we go. Okay. We have Gabriel (laughs) count. So everyone's heard of Western count. So you just count all the points per antler. So uh, a five, you'd have five points on a whitetail antler on one side, um, five on the other, that'd be a five by five or a five point Eastern count. They count them as a 10 point. Well, the Gabriels, they count them as a, a four point with eye guards. They, they count whitetail antler points. Like you count mule deer points. And I'm like, well, if you're <laughs> no, I, th- I, I've always thought we should count mule deer points. <laughs> we, it, it's a it's a four by four mule deer with eye guards well what it should be called a five point it should be a five by five they're total points yeah You're, but when you when you when you tally like and the, and, and the poor mule deer doesn't even get like credit for for the the eye guards when it may, grows them no which that's a, that that's a jip man yeah they got they they got they they got kind of screwed on that deal because they grew it like i i'm a firm believer they they should get they should get credit for everything they grew. Full credit. I mean, hey, everything over one inch. Yeah, fair enough. It does. It's a scorable point. But I'm just saying, if you look at, I think because you grew up in Western Washington, and it's like you got the whole black tail like elk thing, you know, going on over there, mule deer and whatnot. And then really, we didn't hunt white tails until you go to like Eastern Washington and like Far East over towards your neck of the woods. The far East. The far East. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Idaho's in Far East. It's Far East. For Washington. We're, we're stretching it over there. Uh, but everyone, you know, called it like a four point, you know, yeah. it's like four point, four point, you know, and like whatever. And so I think it's kind of one of those things that it's just what I grew up around. So it's yeah. like when I see a white tail, I'm like looking at the main frame and I'm like, oh, it's one, two, three, four, four on that side. Oh, plus eye guards. But it's like blacktails really didn't have eye guards. So then it's like you just threw those on as extra. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, technically I get where you're coming from. Five point or like a 10 pointer or whatever. But yeah, I mean. Well, I'm just going to say you Washington ducks, you guys, (laughs) you guys are some weird ducks. You count antlers weird anyway. So some of the folks in Washington state count elk antlers. (laughs) <laughs> they they call it like they would call a six point bull or a six by six bull. They would call it a four point bull with eye guards. Yeah. So I can see where you know you got way off track from the beginning. I'm like, I think it's just that that Washington you know uh, heritage. Yeah, that's we got you thrown for a loop, and you know, dang it, the rest of the world, you know, we count them different. Yeah, it doesn't operate quite the same. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, you know, we can blame that on Phelps too because 
like his neck of the woods out there in old PL. Like they're the ones that, <laughs> dude, they're the ones that started that. It's crap. probably the Phelps clan that started it. It, it probably it. is. Do they even, can they even count how many fingers and toes they have? They don't even know what they got going on. Man. Yeah. Wait till I talk to him. Oh, We're dude. going mule deer. I'm going mule deer out in Phelps in here this later this week. So I'm going to, I'm going to give it in his, his dad, I think, and his uncle, maybe an uncle or two are going to be there. So I'm going to have to give him a raft of crap about that. Oh, be yeah. like, all right, all right, sit down. We got to hash this out. You guys need to like change the world because like, obviously you guys screwed up on elk antler count. Yeah. Now the whitetail antler counts skewed. Um, <laughs> we got to get this yeah. figured out. You got to figure it out, uh, but they're, they're definitely all skewed over there. I'll oh, tell you that. Yeah. So. I get, I love giving John a hard time about that. But yeah. anyway, I haven't done a season recap for 2023 yet. Elk season for September, boat archery season. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you've done one yet with anyone. Mm-hmm. So tell us about your September. What was there any overall theme of September? Like you kept seeing a certain trend. Um, was it awesome? Was it hit and miss? Was it up and down? What What were you seeing like all September? Yeah. And then yeah. how did you end up with, with, with tags? Yeah. Tagging out? So, you know, I feel like this September, so I talked about this last year. Actually, I did a podcast with Brian Barney last year, and we talked about my Montana hunting experience. I have not hunted. I take that back. There's two years, I guess, I hunted the same spot in western Montana, and I think you went there one time too, um, that I hunted like the same spot twice. Right. But I've every other hunt that I've ever done in Montana over the years, and every elk that I've killed has always been a different unit. I've never killed an elk twice in the same unit in Montana. Whoa. They've all been in different units, different mountain ranges. Wow. Never the same spot. That's that's it, that's an interesting factoid. Yeah. It, yeah. And it's, I mean, it, it's kind of cool because like studying, going to learn a new area, never been there, and then, be, you know, kind of take it as a challenge and like, I'm going to go fill a tag in this new spot that I've never been. And I think it's kind of one of those things that it's like the drive to like explore something new mm-hmm. and then just keep going and like finding that new way or new yeah. area, new turning over rocks constantly and finding new little things. Yeah. And like, maybe this can be my golden honey hole for like the rest of my life, you know, haven't found that yet, but, um, you're a grass is greener guy. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like grass is greener over there. We're going to go check that out. So, um, this year I put in, we drew a tag again that we actually had in 2019 and I was, you know, it's tough last year, Kylie and I drew a tag. We had, probably the best hunt. I mean, I've ever probably going to have my life, like just number of bulls and like seeing stuff going on. We kill those two bulls, like 45 seconds apart. And my biggest bull I've ever killed. I wanted to go back there so bad this year, but I was nervous to go back there because I didn't want to try to have a repeat of last year and then be disappointed in the outcome if if it wasn't right the same. Those are some big shoes to fill. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, I mean, where realistically are you going to go hunt a unit and it's like killing her 360 bowl yeah. like back to back you know what <laughs> right. i mean like i'm just being real like right. it's not in the cards and so i got super nervous and then my dad and sister kind of wanted to hunt with us too this year and i was like you know what like let's go we've hunted this other unit before and let's go back there and let's go hunt that this year and like see what it holds like we'll just we'll redo it Sister wasn't with us last time. It was my dad and Kyle and I. And then, so I was like, well, let, we'll just go back. And I kind of, you know. Okay, back up. What's that? 
you said Kyle. Now, Kyle, for, for the Kylie. listeners that don't know, like our inner circle, it, John's wife's named Kylie, <laughs> but our friend um, Charlie, who builds the a, a large portion of Phelps' game, calls diaphragms. And the when they when when John and Kylie first start dating, he made a wisecrack. Kyle, you're dating a guy. Yeah, but and no, no, <laughs> learn how to read, dude. <laughs> it's Kylie. Like, yeah, it's, oh, okay, it's Kylie. Yeah, but it kind of stuck. So it's it stuck. So Kyle. Kylie became Kyle. So she's one of the bros now, I guess. Yeah. Like maybe that's kind of, you know, I don't know. So yeah. We bro kinda, culture. Bro culture. So we lost the E and now it's just Kyle. So Kyle's always there. And so everyone, if we say Kyle, everyone just knows it's Kylie. So um, yeah. So she was there before. So, uh, you know, we had discussions and whatever, like, you know, we had an awesome hunt last time. She lost a really big bull last time. I killed a good one. Dad had plenty of opportunities. We're like, let's go do it again. Go back there this year and went in the summer, scouted, saw bulls. I mean, kind of all over the place like we did last time. And it, I was like, oh, man, like we're going to be in them. It's, it's going to be, be a great hunt. It's a great hunt. Like we're, we're in it. We're going to do it again. Of course, I really was striving to try to kill another 350 bull because I was like, you know, just wanted to achieve that number again. Personal goal, like. Didn't have to, but like I wanted just to kill another big bull like that, just to say like I'd done it, you know, and like could do it back to back, you know. Um, but then I started thinking even in my head, I'm like, man, this isn't even I don't even know if this is like realistic, you know, like am I putting a number on something that maybe I shouldn't versus the experience? And so right. you know, it kind of I did back up, like we had numerous discussions this summer, and I was like, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know if I like I want to put the number on the hunt. Maybe we should just go have a good time and enjoy it let the cards fall how they may yeah exactly like if you get a chance at a big one like we'll get that chance and like i'll take it all day um but i was gonna hunt i only had one elk tag this year so i was like kind of putting all my eggs in that basket and i was like i'm gonna spend as many days as i need to to fill that tag and i was like i was determined in a way to like hit that number but at the same time i just had kind of thrown it out and i just wanted to like experience elk and get as many as encounters as i could to try and learn more about elk, you know, like right. what, what could I get away with? What would the elk be doing? Different noises, yeah. this, that. Elk behavior, just, elk. just watching it. Exa- like the, all the crazy crap they do. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I had days, I got in on them and I mean, I literally had hundreds of elk and it was like a couple of different days. And I, but I had like a hundred head one day that was just peeled off and they're sitting out kind of by themselves, but the bigger herd below and got in the mix. Dude, I heard more noises and weird elk noises that, I mean, I, I wish I would have had someone there to film it because the stuff that I heard and it was like, I've never, I mean, I feel like I've heard a lot of elk noises, but mm-hmm. I'm like, what is, what are they doing? Like, yeah. what is, what is that? And watching them just interact with each other, you know, and like have a cow make a weird noise that, you know, I'm like, I don't even know what that is, but man, that bull over there is really paying attention. Like, you know, right. And he, he liked it. And then, so I'm like, man, maybe if I can mimic kind of doing that you know i'm like maybe that'll do something what what's crazy about elk vocalizations is herd dynamics and the number of elk versus what kind of talking they're doing sure um i hunt a lot of idaho where there's really low numbers elk you know and a big herd would be five or six elk um a lot of times you might only see a bull he may only have two or three cows um you go to a place where there's a hundred cows and 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 back to Idaho, they did, the cows are not real vocal. They don't talk much. They 
you may not even hear one single mew. You go to a herd of a hundred or more, and now you've got all these different voices and all these different characters saying these, all these different vocalizations. And some of them are just like, that sounds like a guy. <laughs> like yeah. that sounds like a hunter. Yeah. Um, that that's a really crappy, some, somebody that don't even know how to blow an elk call is making elk noises right now, trying to make an elk noise. Yeah. And you hear it all. Like, like I didn't even know elk made a noise, like just like what you're saying. So the herd dynamic changes when you have a lot more individual elk talking hundred percent. Like it changes so much. And I think that's the thing. It's like trying to just keep all these little things in, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm always learning. I feel like I'm always trying to, you know, learn and watching videos of people on these ranches or like, you know, public land. I don't even care. National parks. Na- yeah. National park. I'm like, just give me, give me the book. Like, let me hear everything. So that way I can like process all this and store it. You know, and then it's like, oh yeah, maybe this one time I'm like, oh, I heard that one weird freaking weird cow or calf <laughs> noise, you know, I'm, like, I'm going to try that, you know? And so just like when we talked about like you doing like a bunch of calf noises a couple years ago, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, I'm just going to calf call all season, you know, type of thing. And it was yeah. like, oh yeah, well like let's try her, you know, like, let's mm-hmm. see what it does. And so I think it's like just processing all that and just really trying to like dive in. But this year, I, I don't know, it was like at first I had this grand thing of the number and then i kind of backed off the number and then it was like experience and then elk season hit and it was like oh boy like what is going on you know like this is not what i thought it was going to be summer seemed great scouting went good and then it was like just downhill you know it was like we hit rock bottom like the second day and i was just like you know i was like (laughs) the plane crashed (laughs) the plane crashed it was like we just got thrown in and it was like dig your way out of the hole almost you know and um we did see right off the bat uh well i actually talked about at dinner tonight and we saw that big seven by club weird bowl like right off the bat and i was like oh man like i'd have gave anything to go back and figure out a way like just you, when you drive up on one, I mean, a truck, it's like, you're kind of, I mean, not expecting it. And then when you see a bull like that, and it was just kind of like, you screwed it up from the beginning. Like you're not getting out of the truck. You're not going to kill that elk. And we went down after him, kind of got close. I'm marching along way too fast. And there's a really solid bull standing there and Kyle's yelling at me and I didn't hear her until it was too late. And you know, this bull runs off, spooked off, spooked off. And I was like, dang, you know, like it just kind of felt like everything kind of like sank right there. And I was like, I just blew the whole thing. And, uh, but then it was like, looking back at that, it was kind of like first, that was like first day first. And I was just like, man, you know, like this can be awesome. And then it just went downhill from there. And it, and after it was almost like, like the plane crashed and it just went and man, we spent days and days of trying to even just like get on elk really. And then uh i took her home got my sister brought her back with my dad and i and we hunted for a week and i mean it was hard i mean you know just normal what i think the elk you hear an elk and it was like oh yeah let's okay let's do the game plan let's sneak in on them i'll get you guys set up up here i'm gonna sneak back you know call call it in you know doing you know when they're 50 60 yards ahead of me like you know a bull is gonna come in look in there and shooting distance Dude, like nothing went right. It was like I'd even back up trying to get more distance. And it was like the elk would just like wander off and like go the other way type of thing. Yeah. And they just were not responsive to calls. I was trying everything. I mean, it's like 
I'm a big fan of Charlie's Call. I love that purple Smith signature. The purple nurple. The purple nurple. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the purple it's, Smith signature. The purple Smith signature. It's a just it's a super heavy call, but I love it. I feel like my cow sounds are like very nasally, they're like very rich. Yeah, rich. Like they're they're good. Like I feel like I get a lot of response to them. And I could just, it was like nothing was working. So I was like, yeah, I was trying your call, the Maverick, trying Phelps signature, the orange amp. The, I mean, dude, I was like just all over, all over, just trying to get different noises to try to get bowls to like respond. And it just, I felt like nothing was working. It was, and then so finally we did get in on some one morning, we got out of the truck park, hike out just a little bit. And I cow call a couple of times as bull rips, like, oh. Yeah, perfect. Right at daylight. Like this, this one, I, I just felt right. Call this bull in. Unfortunately, my sister missed it. And then like 30 minutes later, calling another bull. She and, and that one was a little different scenario, but like she ended up missing that one too. Oh, no, <laughs> yeah. No. And I just was oh, like, no. oh, I'm like, sis, right now, like, I love you. I'm just throwing this out there. But I mean, you know, it's just like unfortunate circumstances. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like anything anyone really would have done. The first bowl was kind of a layup, but like, she got excited and you know that's what it's about it's, it's hard to keep your crap together especially you know if you don't have a lot of reps with with elk right in front of you i mean 800 pound animal bugling and have, my my cousin evan says this thing comes screaming in it's got swords on its head <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to want to kill something right it's pretty intimidating it, it for is a lot of folks are exciting yeah it's tough like that's I the mean, way we do it that's why we do it though and i mean I like I love it because I look at her and dude her eyes and everything. I mean, it just like she is like in La La Land. Like you you could talk to her, she don't even know her name, you know. <laughs> uh. Hey, here's a simple but very meaningful gift idea for your mom or grandparent who lives across the country. These are great, dude. These are really nice things to give to people. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things they can't be there for, from family vacations to their grandkids' graduation. Let's say your mom comes out. You take a bunch of pictures of your mom with your kids or whatever. When she goes home, you can greet her at home with all those pictures you just took on the frame. And you can also keep her up to date by updating the frame from afar. It's all done online. It's a ton of fun. Comes with unlimited storage and simple controls on the frame so you can upload as many photos as you want and mom can pick the perfect one. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, The Strategist, and Wired. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Make sure you use the promo code MEATEATER because for a limited time, you can get $20 off their best-selling frame with that code. The code being MEATEATER. AuraFrames.com, promo code MEATEATER. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. At O'Reilly Auto Parts, they offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. Man, I'm always swinging through my uh, local O'Reilly Auto Parts to get stuff ranging from car parts and accessories to boat batteries. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And if you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool. 
then get your deposit back when it's returned. That way you don't have to go buy some you know super expensive thing that you need like once every five years. Just borrow it and get your refund back. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fixed, or quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. Lately, I've been telling you guys about land.com, the site that can help you find that little patch of ground to call your own where you can do all the hunting, fishing, and hanging out with family you want. Land can be a great investment. Getting your own piece of land is something that can both generate income over time and also generate a lot of memories for generations to come. It's an investment you get to use and enjoy and take care of while it works for you. And any good investor will tell you to start investing sooner than later. Well, they've got hundreds of thousands of rural listings from all across America. Land.com can help you find properties for hunting, fishing, a lake house, a hobby farm, or if you just want to start a rental business slash family compound as a way to better secure future generations. Land.com will also help connect you with the right agent that specializes in rural real estate. So enough dreaming about it. Land.com is the place to find and invest in your open space. It's cool, and I love that experience because not a lot of people get that experience in life, you know, and, like, seeing that. And so I look back, though, and I was like, man, like, that day, it was, that was, like, the one day, I don't remember what the date was, but that day, I was like, oh, things are turning. You know, like, we finally, like, we've been grinding. We finally got in them. We called in a couple, and then things went sideways. And then that night, I went out by myself. My dad and sister, they stayed. They went out by themselves. They were pretty worn out from the morning. So I went out by myself that night, calling the six point to six yards. And I mean, like, it was just like perfect. Got out. I mean, I got out. What date was that? Do you remember what was I think it was the 13th. Okay. Like, I'm pretty sure I'd have to look. It was 13th, 14th, somewhere in there. Okay. So uh, I, I bugled, locate this bull and like just did the whole like cut the distance, get down in on him. And got super close. And I was like, I, and then all of a sudden I could hear like, I got raking, you know, like he was raking a tree and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm getting close. So I dropped down below him. I'm walking up this ridge and there's like an opening where I could shoot. And then there was, I looked up about 50 yards ahead of me and I seen another opening and I was like, oh man, if I get to that tree, he's, he's got to come down and there's a bunch of big, those like uh cedar type juniper bush things and i was like he's gonna have to come down and circle under those and come right out versus if i'd have set up 50 yards over here it was open like he would have came to the edge of that and like probably looked across and been like you know where is he you know where or where's his cow like down here so when i got up here this bull would have had to come down and like circle that bush and walk right out broadside you know at 20 yards just like read this scenario perfect had the wind perfect in my face and just was right so I get up there, start cow calling, dude, this thing's raking, 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 screaming. I got video on my phone and he's just like doing his thing. And I'm like, I find that glass him up and it was just kind of one of those things. I'm like, ah, oh, dang it. You know, it's like not quite really. That was like the first night I'd really hunted for myself all season. Yeah. And I was like, ah, it's just not what I want to shoot yet. Uh, got so lots of time. Yeah. I thought, you know, yeah. I was like, oh, I got lots of time. I got four weeks of archery left, five weeks, whatever that was, if it was early. 
And uh, I was just like, I'm not going to do it. So this pole comes down, dude walks right around the bush. I got my phone out, video him, walks right up, six yards, stops broadside. And he's just like looking around, trying to figure out where I'm at. I mean, if, if it was like, if I wanted to shoot him, I mean, it was like the most perfect, like, bow kill i mean you know it was just like it was easy and uh of course my first night really i hunted for myself i'm like oh it's too easy you know my things are turning on man i really got this figured out <laughs> yeah i'm basically the greatest hunter in the world basically i was like <laughs> yeah i mean i could smell the rich mahogany sitting i was just like oh this is great <laughs> and so uh all of a sudden it kind of wins me and turns well then it even runs spooks and stops and i calculate oh 20 yards dude stops the other way broadside and it's just looking at that me. was like a gift man oh yeah the, from the man upstairs yeah it, and you you didn't take it no i didn't even take you it said, i just no thanks yeah turn my nose up at it yep just let wow. it go wow but i looked back at that experience though and i was like man that was pretty cool you know it was just like one of those things like elk being elk doing his thing he totally thought i was an elk and came in and i was like oh we're on like the next few days like this is gonna be great and then it just went downhill. And just like, <laughs> dude, it just was uh, not good. Went back home, got Kyle, brought her back for her week to hunt. And so I was just kind of like, you know, I'll spend that week with her. And then when she's done, then I'll hunt for myself like after that. So I was trying to get my sister a week, get her a week, and then I'll hunt for myself. And uh, so we hunted with Kyle f- for that whole week. And more kind of behind the scenes you know like we obviously you know but like we had some issues going on like after the fact but like during that time like she was pregnant and she was really struggling with the whole uh like just being tired and like didn't you know physically have it to like it's taxing when you're pregnant yeah and like do big long hikes and usually she'll be there by my side like if i take off she's there we're going never have an issue i don't have to worry about her you know it's just like as the guys like when we hunt together like, I feel like I know you're going to be there or I know Phelps is there, like, or, you know, whatever I'm behind you. If you take off, like, we're just, you just go. And so that's how she usually is. Well, it was like, it was pretty tough because it was, you know, like she just, you could tell she was just drained every day. Like no matter what we did, didn't, I mean, I could hike a half a mile and I felt like I could just look at her and tell like, you're struggling. What can I do? But like, at the same time, I'm like, man, we're not going to kill an elk if you don't get, you know, like get after it a little bit. So I was pushing her. And then uh, we had a rainstorm come in and the elk usually turn on in that rain pretty good. And we did have like a day like where they kind of went nuts. And I was like, yeah, this is it. And just couldn't get it to work. And then uh, the wind picked up and it was just, she just kind of had tossed in the towel. Like after that week, she's just like, I'm done. Like, let's go home. I'm, I'm over it. I was like, you got one evening left. Let's hunt tomorrow in the morning and we'll come home. I was like, just stick it out. Like, trust me, just like, you know, doing that, like push it. You got one evening and one morning. Went out that evening, driving along park. And I'm like, you know how you do sometimes. I was like, I'm going to bugle down in this canyon. This looks pretty good. And I rip a bugle and I hear this bull. And it was like the first bugle it did back sounded like just a good, solid, big bugle. She's back in the truck. And I'm like, run back. I'm like, get out of the truck. I'm like, there's a bull like right here, you know, <laughs> like, come on, we're going to kill this thing. She's like, I want to hear it, you know? And I'm like, you don't even need to hear it. Just get your bow, you know? Like, we're going to go. The wind's perfect. We'll circle. You're going to kill this thing. I want to hear it. And I'm like, ah, okay, fine. So I cow call a few times. Dude, I mean, it answered right away, but it sounded like a rag, like four-point bull. 
at this point, I just looked at her. I'm like, do you want to kill one with your bow or not? You know, because I'm like, this is, I mean, it's bow hunting. Get one. Who cares? Like, I, you know, just shoot one with your bow. Do it two years in a row. Like, get it, get another one under your belt with your bow. And so finally I talk her into it. And I'm like, well, we're going to drive back around. We'll get it. We'll hike out this ridge and the wind's perfect. It's a knife, super sharp knife ridge. And I was like, I'll get on the backside. You get up on top. I'm going to call that bull right up over the top. You know, to me, you shoot him broadside when he comes up. Of course, it doesn't work quite like that. And so we ended up spending like half hour. I'm calling right like 30 yards behind her. And he's bugling his head off. And I'm just like, why? You know, in my mind, I'm like, he sounds close. Like, why is she not shooting this thing? I don't, I, you know, I can't figure it out. And then I see her. She's like ranging stuff. I'm like kind of looking up at her, but I see her like ranging stuff. And I'm like, why are you not shooting this thing? Like, what is going on? He's bugling. And then pretty, he's getting, I can tell he's getting closer and closer. And I'm like, man, what are you waiting for? Like a five yard shot here? You know, like I, you know, I, it's got to be standing right on her. Yeah. That's what I thought. Like, I was like, that bull has to be there. Well, she said the whole time he's at like 60. And it must have been the wind blowing so hard that like it was carrying it where it sounded like he was really close. Well, then he, she said he'd eat and lift his head, bugle, back down to eat. And like look around, eat, bugle, didn't even care. And he'd just take a step and do that all the way up the hill, like all the way right to her to like 30 yards. Huh. And that was kind of like back to like, I feel how this whole season went where the elk didn't really want to come in. They didn't want to commit. They didn't. They weren't super mad. No, they not at all. That's the thing. Like this bull, I find out after, I mean, I didn't know how big it was and what, you know, whatnot, but it's like, to me, a bull, I don't care how big it is. If he's alone, no cows. He should have came right into the cow calls. Yeah. Like he should have just like marched. Yeah. Now it's like what? The 20th? Yeah. That was the 20th or something. I think 18th or no, 19th or 20th when she yeah, killed. Like a, yeah. a bull by himself on the 20th of September should just go bananas for a, for a cow. Oh dude. Yeah. He should have just marched right in. Yeah. And so I couldn't figure it out. And then finally, all of a sudden I'm looking at her and I see her range. One last time I see her clip on. I'm like, oh yeah. Like he's got to be right there. And I see her draw back and Bo goes off and I hear the thud. And, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, like she hit it. I can't see, though. So, of course, you know how you do. I'm like, I hope she figured out where she hit that thing. And she turns around, looks at me. I'm looking at her and I'm, you know, kind of hands in the air, but I'm cow calling, you know, trying to just calm him down. And I literally look at her, look back, and she's like, he's down. I mean, dude, it was like seconds. Thing ran 46 yards and falls over. She double lunged it. Like 10 seconds. Yeah. Like if. Yeah. I mean, it just like runs right over crashed into the bush and so i jump up and i'm like you know say a couple choice words hands in the air like running towards her but when i first jumped up i gotta spike it like five yards (laughs) and so like he's he was coming over the hill but he was coming but i think he was standing there the whole time and she couldn't see him because he was kind of in this like coolie or this old like draw he runs but i walk up and she's like oh yeah he's not that big you know, blah, 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 blah. And so I walk over there and I see these eye guards sticking out of the bush. I see his fourth and sixth or fifth coming up the top through the tree. I'm like, what did you just kill? You know, type of thing. But I'll be honest. It's like, you know, we always talk about like judging a bull by his bugle. And it's like a lot of times I feel like you can tell when a bull has just got that raspier bugle. Like, you know, he's not a young bull, but a young bull is not going to bugle like a big old bull usually like he just isn't going to be like a big nasty like herd bull mm-hmm. but this bull bugled like a freaking rag four-point bull like the whole time yeah. i mean never like that very first bugle i heard 
I was like, yeah, that's a good bowl. But then after that, everything since it was like a rag bowl. So I thought the whole time, maybe there was another bowl down there with cows and I was calling in the satellite bowl. When she killed it, I was like, holy cow. I was like, that's a great bowl. I was like, you know, he just didn't, he wasn't that worked up. He didn't care. He didn't want to play the game. How big was it? Oh, he's 308. And so, I mean, yeah, it's a great bowl. I mean, especially for her, you know, second archery bowl. Like, I mean, that's a stud i mean yeah. you know it took me yeah. forever to kill 300 i would kill for a 308 <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and so i mean it's it's just a nice solid bull but he's got 18 inch fronts and i mean like his whole bottom end is just big and then he kind of his beams kind of killed him but he's got everything like he's just a solid six point nice bull yeah it's a beautiful bull and so then out we got that took her home the next day it poured rain for a couple days and then it just went downhill it was just like again like i'm like getting into peak season when 24th 5th like it should be prime time should be on like donkey kong yeah bowls just ripping everywhere and i'm literally like glassing up bowls standing together no cows so weird how do you explain that i mean that time of year just got it done early uh, maybe i like I, i don't know if it's that or like what happened but it was like i'm literally like cow calling watching a group of bulls stand together and they're like no interest and i'm just like something's going on like so you know like it's just weird i think i talked to you in the meantime and like you were struggling because you were over here staying at my house actually like hunting around and um like you were having a hard time even getting bulls like even respond or like you know weren't here much i feel like other people we talked to were kind of having that same scenario all across the west i talked to guys that hunt on the coast in oregon that were just like dude it's been terrible the rut's been bad this year we just haven't heard any bulls like they're 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 not acting right um and idaho they didn't act right for me in two two places in idaho they didn't act right and and um montana they didn't act right for me um and a lot of other folks had the same um the same story but then there's also some folks that had a great year yeah that said oh this is my best year ever i killed a great bull mm-hmm. um so it was one of those weird years, you know, it's um, just kind of a weird year. Yeah, it was tough. And I think like where I'm hunting, it was more open to where you could like glass the elk and like see see mm-hmm. kind of what was going on. Like watching herds, I'm like watching elk rut and do elk things, but it was just like they didn't care about normal. Like, I mean, you get in on them and it's like you feel like you could call a bull off or like call a satellite bull in, you know, like anything. And they just weren't doing that. So I hunted man well you left my house i think and then i stayed a couple days and then i left and went back and i was over there for like five or six more days and then i finally like so at this point i've hunted like over three weeks like three and a half weeks and i was i mean i put punched the time clock and i mean i was out there every day like just going hard and i I think we talked and i'm like man you know it's like i had that number in my head like all season i was like i feel like i hadn't even seen a bull like of that caliber i mean right. you know and so i was like it just not even realistic and then it was like boom i seen him and i got <laughs> dude it was just like that morning when you gave up hope that's he, when you seen the, the when you seen your moby dick yeah when he was there <laughs> yeah exactly and i was like it just in my mind i was like it's just, you know not gonna happen i heard this bull bugle snuck in on him come up over this little knoll and i mean here's a six by seven i mean dude he is giant i mean he's bigger than a bull i killed last year like all day and i'm just like 
holy cow. You know, and I'm like thinking in my mind, I'm like, I punched a time clock for like three and a half weeks. This is like, this is it. You know, I'm in and, and I'm just like, I'm going to kill this thing, you know? And I went in total kill mode, did everything I felt like I should have done, was bird dog in the herd. And then I got behind a clump of trees and he comes running by and grabs his cow. And had I been in the right spot at the right, just, I was in the, just got caught at the wrong spot. And he didn't see me. He didn't know I was there, but like, I just wasn't in the right spot to make the shot. Runs about like 40 yards. And I was like, oh, dang it, you know? And so I'm crap. So I keep bird dogging him and he's standing there at 92 yards feeding broadside. And I'm like, dude, like I should just send it and like shoot this bowl. But then I'm like, that's a giant bowl. I don't want to wound him. I don't have something go wrong. That's a long shot. Could I hit it all day? But I just, I don't know, like something in my mind. I just was like, I'm not going to take this shot. So I didn't. I'm like, I'm going to get closer. Well, then I come through this dip, crack a stick. I look up and I see this calf and I'm like, oh shit. You know, like in my mind, I'm just like, this is not good. Well, I didn't realize, I thought he only had like five, six cows and then there ends being like 30. Oh no. And so it just was like, all of a sudden the calf like spooks and runs out in the herd and I got elk just kind of running. Well, he realizes something's not right. Picks him up. They all scoot, run off. He's just ripping bugles, but I didn't want to spook him because they didn't really know what was going on because the calf kind of spooked. And so it didn't really like alert like a bunch of the cows. It just was like, something's not right. So I let him run. And then I, uh, that night, so I was like, I'm going to go back there and hunt him in the evening. And they didn't end up coming back around a good spot to hunt him. So next morning, boom, they were there again. And I was just like, oh, round two, like I'm going to kill this bull. Had him again. And it just could not i mean it was just like not working like it's just too open he's out in the middle like i couldn't get close enough and so i just kind of wrote it off and i ended up there's a couple other guys over there that i had met when i was hunting and whatnot and uh they i was asking what they were doing and you know this brady guy that you and i had talked about a little bit and he'd kind of been struggling this year too and he actually had a big chunk of private that he could hunt and he was struggling with the private and there was no elk on it even. And usually there, I mean, there'll be, you know, a hundred, 200 head that hang out like on this ranch and like, they weren't even there. And so I ended up hunt, meeting up with him and hunting. And then we ended up getting together and this other guy that he knows, and we got on some elk that in the morning, it was like the last day I had to hunt. Cause we were going in for this ultrasound with Kyle on Monday. And it was just like, Hey, let's just get over here. We're going to get above these elk in the field. And, uh, we're going to let them like feed up past us, you know, and just do the whole ambush thing. And dude, it, it worked like it was perfect. Had the six point come by behind a cow and a calf and a spike and got on a trail and just let them feed right by. And I end up shooting, stopping the thing at 51. I shoot him and then he runs forward and stands there. And then he walks out at 57 and shoot him again. And it was just like one of those things that at that point I was just kind of like, I didn't care how big it was. Like I just wanted to fill a tag with my bow before rifle season got here. And it was October 8th. And I just was kind of like, man, I'd punched the time clock. Like I was just mentally, physically, like, I mean, I had put, I'd given it like, I felt like everything I had. <laughs> Give it your all. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just, when I, I mean, it was even better. There's just six point, but it was just kind of like one of those things that, I mean, I knew what they were going to do and we had ran back over and got in position when I seen him kind of feeding over this other side along this ridge and, uh, this kid Cole and I, and he actually works at Onyx and we had ran over this ridge and got set up. And when they started feeding it, just, it was one of those, like, 
experience wise, you know, that, you know, you kind of felt like looking at the situation, like you knew, like, this is where they're going to go, you know? And so like making your best educated guess, you know, in a sense, but like also kind of years of, you know, just watching elk and seeing what they do. Yeah. And it was just like, we set up in the perfect spot and it was just like, here they came. And so it worked. And I mean, had I not had that kind of scenario, you know, that morning, like, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't have, you know, shot one. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, if I say that, then that evening we did go out and get in a bunch more bulls and, you know, whatnot for Brady trying to get him one. And dude, we, I mean, we had elk that night, like run all over us. And like, we called in a couple bulls and just had bad luck, you know? And it just was like, it, it is what it is. And, um, so, I mean, it's like, we still made the best of the rest of the day after we got my elk taken care of, but it was just, was kind of like, dude, it, that was like the only night really the night before, I guess. And then that, that day was kind of like all October 8th. It was like, we had elk doing what elk normally should do. And like being able to call them in and getting them mad and everything. That seems late, late. And, but that was like the only real day I feel like out of the rest of the season and all the days that I punched, I literally had like three days maybe that was like elky, like, wow. you know? And so, I mean, dude, I don't know what went on this year, but I feel like I put in the work. I feel like I punched a time clock. I mean, obviously I filled my tag and, you know, Kyle filled her tag and whatnot, but dude, it, like it was not a normal year. And I feel like we worked so hard to get those little moments of, uh, like an encounter yeah and that was it it was like and you better capitalize because you may only get one shot yeah you may only get one shot i mean dude i really didn't have well i say that i did have a few more but like i look back at that first bull that i let go at six yards and you know how many nights like i went to bed and i'm like he wasn't the biggest bull but i'm like i should have shot that thing yeah you know and and just like (laughs) dang it what did i do what happened that's that's the that's the trouble with you know trying to like kill that you know next level mature bull it's like man you pass on some of those and then they come back to haunt you um and you're like man maybe i should have you start second guessing yourself but in the end it seemed like you had the perfect season you had the highs you had the lows you had some more highs and lows but i think that's what elk hunting is all about it's just that that's almost like the perfect season if you were to just go in there and smoke a giant on the first day or the first couple days like would we appreciate like when we finally do get like, like we do get that giant mature bull, would we appreciate it as much? Um, I don't know. It, yeah. I, I'm with you. Like, it, you know, I, I don't think so, you know? And like, the thing is, I, it's so funny. Dude, I killed that elk and I literally like went down to it, FaceTimed Kyle. And it was like, I had more appreciation for that six point it was you know it was like nothing it wasn't even as big as hers you know and it's like she usually she gets like gives me crap she's like oh yeah john always kills a bigger animal than his wife you know like type of thing and i'm just like no like it just like sometimes how it works out but i'm like this year you killed a bigger elk than me but i'm like dude i was more proud of that bull and like when i put the horns up out here in the garage and i just was like i am more proud of that freaking elk than the ones hanging out here that when you drive in and look at them and i'm like man those are impressive and then it's like oh i hang this other one over here but i'm like you worked your ass off for that elk, dude yeah like it's so weird it's like i literally just i feel like i accomplished some shit you know like i just like i feel like i put in so much effort and time and energy it was just like i didn't even care about the horns I was right. so excited just that I, I mean, dude, it could have been a cow. 
And I still would have probably had those same exact emotions because I felt like I put in so much effort that it was just like, I did it. You reached your goal. Yeah. You got one. I got one yep. with a bow. Like, I didn't even care, you know, that yep. about the size. It was just like, I got it. Hey, here's a simple but very meaningful gift idea for your mom or grandparent who lives across the country. These are great, dude. These are really nice things to give to people. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things they can't be there for, from family vacations to their grandkids' graduation. Let's say your mom comes out. You take a bunch of pictures of your mom with your kids or whatever. When she goes home, you can greet her at home with all those pictures you just took on the frame. And you can also keep her up to date by updating the frame from afar. It's all done online. It's a ton of fun. comes with unlimited storage and simple controls on the frame so you can upload as many photos as you want and mom can pick the perfect one. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, The Strategist, and Wired. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Make sure you use the promo code MEATEATER because for a limited time, you can get $20 off their best-selling frame with that code. The code being MEATEATER. AuraFrames.com, promo code MEATEATER. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. At O'Reilly Auto Parts, they offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. Man, I'm always swinging through my uh, local O'Reilly Auto Parts to get stuff ranging from car parts and accessories to boat batteries. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And if you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. That way you don't have to go buy some you know super expensive thing that you need like once every five years. Just borrow it and get your refund back. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fixed, or quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. Lately, I've been telling you guys about Land.com, the site that can help you find that little patch of ground to call your own where you can do all the hunting, fishing, and hanging out with family you want. Land can be a great investment. Getting your own piece of land is something that can both generate income over time and also generate a lot of memories for generations to come. It's an investment you get to use and enjoy and take care of while it works for you. And any good investor will tell you to start investing sooner than later. Well, they've got hundreds of thousands of rural listings from all across America. Land.com can help you find properties for hunting, fishing, a lake house, a hobby farm, or if you just want to start a rental business slash family compound as a way to better secure future generations. Land.com will also help connect you with the right agent that specializes in rural real estate. So enough dreaming about it. Land.com is the place to find and invest in your open space. So I think it was almost like a good year to like reset because I feel like the last couple of years it was like really good. 
And then I look at it and I was just like, can't keep doing this. We got to get humbled every now and then. Yeah. You know, it, it, if not, if not, then you start to start thinking stuff like, man, I got these elk figured out. Yeah. And then you need a, you need a year like this year to like, you know, take you down a notch. Yeah. And um, I know it did me. Uh, I mean, I, I, and I always know that I don't know everything about elk. I'm going to be the first to admit it. And I get, I get learned up <laughs> and schooled every year by elk. Um, but this year, my, my season wasn't a lot different than yours in the beginning. Um, I'd done my homework all summer. I had trail cams of some big bulls. We were just looking at them again. Oh, yeah. I had some pretty impressive trail cameras of some really big bulls. I'm like, I'm probably just going to shoot this. I don't know if I'd shoot that one, but I would definitely shoot this one. But, you know, maybe if I got desperate, I'd shoot this other one. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> that's a little cocky. <laughs> like, yeah. Anybody would give their left leg to freaking shoot either one, right? Oh, they're, yeah. they're beautiful bulls. Yeah. And so I'm hunting this new unit closer to home. Um, my son, Austin, he, he hasn't hunted much with me in the last few years. He's been working all the time and finally he's able to get away a little bit. And I'm like, well, let's hunt a little closer to home so you can have more time to, to come join in. But I went like on opening day, I was up there the day before opening day, put my camp up, got ready. Um, was just poised to just, just dump right, jump right in. I was so pumped. And, uh, opening day was flat. It was kind of rainy. The trail camera had a mountain lion on it where it had elk earlier. You know, it's just like, I went and checked my camera. I was like, oh yeah, elk aren't really even here now. So anyway, fast forward day two, I tried to get a little different spot on the other side of the mountain. I was like, well, those elk, where'd they go? Maybe they went on the other side of the mountain here. Good over there. First thing, bam, right out of the, right out of the, the starting gate. I get a bull to bugle, climb up in there. And this bull is bugling pretty good. I think I might call him in. And then he kind of starts slowing down. I was like, oh man, he's slowing down. I think he's going to bed. And he went to bed and he bedded in this reprod thicket and reprod, that's reproduction. So years ago, probably 20 years ago, they, they logged this place um, and then replanted it and it's grown back. When it grows back, it usually grows back way thicker than, than the forest was when they logged it. Right. You know, there's lots of young trees and lots of, fresh tree so it's thick with trees and it's thick with brush so this bull is up here bedded in this thing and i'm just trying to get close and what i'm trying to do i'm trying to self film myself too because uh cameraman dusty <clears throat> he can't come yet and i was like well i, I gotta be out here for the opener right yeah so i'm gonna go out for the first three days of season so i'm like i'm gonna film this myself so i've got my camera and i got my tripod and i look like a monkey trying to hump a football, man. It was, <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. It was like, but I'm, I'm trying to get the shots, you know, and, yeah. and I'm getting, I'm moving in on this bull and I'm in his bedding area and he ain't move, He ain't leaving. He, so I'm getting close. And finally I thought, okay, I'm, I'm super close. I'm within 80 yards of this thing. So I start calling again and he answers a little bit. He answers maybe once or twice. But it's like, you can tell he just, he's just kind of going, just doing that moany bugle. He's not interested. He's not coming in. So I'm like, okay, I got to get move up. So I move up and I move up. I'm like, okay, I'm going to push a little more pressure and like, I'm going to move up to where I'm going to see this thing. And he's going to like, he's going to have to show himself. Well, my error, I made this error. Um, 
is on this north facing slope, but there's a little beam of sunlight shining down. And I've always said, you know, stay out of the sun, stay out of the sun, stay in the shadows, you know, be a vampire, right? Stay in the shadows. I walk to that beam of sunlight and that sucker pops up out of bed. He sees me, pops up out of bed, and I see a brief glimpse of him going away. He, I think he's one of my target bulls. I think he was this, uh, the lesser of the lesser of the two, uh, yeah. but still a freaking dandy, right? Bull, yeah. And he goes away, but he doesn't spook off. He he didn't know what he saw. He just didn't like what he saw. Sure. So I, I call I call a bugle cow call, and I sit down right there, and I'm just like, man, I sit down here for a little bit and think about my choices in life and. <laughs> what have I done to myself? I'm like, in a, I'm in a bad place. It's like nasty. Yeah. And I'm sitting there. I sit there for like 30 minutes. I'm pretty sure I hear a stick pop. And I hear another stick pop. And I bugle and it's him. He, he left, made a big circle, came back and beds down like 50 yards right below his first bed. No kidding. And I sit there the rest of the day with him right there. He didn't, he ain't coming in. He don't care so sit there the rest of the day now the day goes by i'm tech i'm hours like mm-hmm. this was like nine o'clock in the morning eight o'clock in the morning when he when i put him to bed sure. when i had this encounter fast forward to like five o'clock <laughs> i'm there the wind had been like amazing all yeah. day and i had an elk all around so at five he gets up stretches a little bit bugles and then he starts moving and then i hear a bugle up here he, and he can kind of switch his position. He gets in a better position for me. So I'm like, all right, here we go. I kind of went quiet too. I didn't say anything. So I get over there super close, start calling. He don't really care. But then he'll bugle, but he ain't bugling at me. And then way off in the distance, I hear this other bull bugle, like across the the, the, the drainage. Mm-hmm. I hear this other bull bugle. Pretty soon it's getting closer. Pretty soon it's getting closer. I'm like, that bull's coming over here. That bull comes all the way across the drainage. Hits the crick, climbs up our side, and now I'm in the between these two bulls. Like I need to get forward of another fifty yards, and I'm going to be on a direct beeline between the two. But I'm kind of pinned down. Well, finally, that bull, that one, gets up there in that in into that position, and he bugles, and the bull on top of the hill. He'd been bugling like a raghorn. Just a we talked earlier about how they, you know, oh yeah, it's hard to judge a bull by. Bulls, I feel like they're like people. They 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 kind of speak to their disposition. Sure. So all day he'd just been kind of being real very coy, just like these wimpy, moany, crappy bugles. When that bull got within a hundred yards of him and bugled, that bull gave him the biggest King Kong Godzilla. F you bugle you've ever heard. <laughs> he bugles so hard he cut out at the top at the high note. He's just like ah! <laughs> he, I was like, oh, oh man, this is gonna happen. I'm like, yeah. they're gonna fight. Yeah. The other bull, all I heard was crash, 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 crash. He took off. He was gone. He left. And then the bull come off the hill. He come boiling off the hill. And it was so brushy I couldn't see him. He come boiling off the hill and went right after him. And chased him clear, clear out of the canyon. I Jeez. heard more. I heard more bugling out of the canyon. It was like crazy. What the heck just happened? Yeah, I worked. Turn? I worked all day yeah. trying to say things to make him mad, and he didn't really care. He just he give me these like Meh. whatever for whatever reason he hated that other bull. Dang. 
I feel like elk are not too dissimilar than people. Like, <laughs> like they have attitudes, they have egos. Obviously, have, they have mortal enemies that they don't like. There's like, you know, there's probably those one people that just that really rub you wrong. And if they said the wrong thing, you'd probably get right in their face. Yeah. That was that bull. He <laughs> probably he probably knew that bull and was like, nope. Like yeah. we spent all summer together. Yeah. I heard you once I, and uh, we're done. I, I, I will not allow this. Yeah. Like, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. So I'm like, man, this is great. This is going to be good. So I go back there the next day. It's a ghost town. Crickets. Those when he left and pushed that other bull out, they went somewhere else. So I had one more day. So I I I I hunted around. I never I got up on top of that ridge that mm. they went out on top on top of and out of the canyon. And I walked, I think I walked eight miles that 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 day, like in and out. Mm-hmm. And I did not I found tracks. I look I found a place where some bulls had fought, could have been them, but I could not buy a bugle. I I was in the dark. Like, well, I walked for like an hour in the dark on the way back. Crazy. And did not hear a peep. If it wouldn't have been for the tracks, if you'd have told anybody, like, yeah, I had some bulls in this area, bugle, and they'd have been like, uh huh, you're a liar. <laughs> they'd, have, they'd have made the biggest liar out of me. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm like, Labor Day weekend's coming up. I'm going to get out of the woods. A lot of, a lot of people recreate. I'm like, I don't want to deal with all the four wheelers and the UTVs and the dirt bikes and all the, you know, let the people have their fun after the weekend. I'll go back. So I went home, spent time with family, went back after the weekend and all the people that were pulling in for the weekend were still there times 10. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know this, but this place is popular, like really popular. And dude, there, Anywhere, anywhere you could possibly camp, like a place that was big enough to put a tent or a camper, was there was a tent or a camper there, uh, and maybe two, three, four pickups. Every trailhead had had four or five pickups. Every every road that you could ride a four wheeler or a quad or a ATV or a UTV, mm-hmm. a dirt bike, it was like a swarm of bees. Like you could just hear. <laughs> so. My son gets there. I'm like, man, I don't know what we're going to do. So we canvassed this area, you know, not in this zone. There's several units within this zone that make up this elk hunting zone in sure. Idaho. We canvassed every freaking zone. And it was the same story. Anywhere that was like, oh, that's beautiful elk country. There were, it was, it was loaded with folks. So we did find some elk. We did chase around some bugles a couple of days, but then within no time at all. There was other folks, you know, found him too. So finally I was like, I, I'm about ready to like go somewhere else. I got this Montana tag burning a hole in my pocket. Maybe we should get over there. And, uh, Austin's like, yeah, he's like, I'll, I'll go back home. I got some chores I got to do. And I gotta get it back to work anyway. So I'm like, all right, great. So we left. We just kind of wrote off that Idaho tag. Unfortunately. Um, I really didn't want to, but I could, I could just see the writing on the wall. I could spend several more days there, you know, spend a bunch more gas money, just trying to get, find, you know, somewhere, you know, we could spend lots of boot leather hiking around, but we weren't going to escape the, the other people. So sure. it's like, let's, let's go, go to plan B. Well, Dusty, 
cameraman Dusty, he had an elk tag in a different part of the state. I'm like, hey, on the way to Montana, why don't we just stop in, hunt for a few days for your tag, Dusty? And he's like, yeah, that'd be great. So we go over to his spot. And this spot, it's a where he was at, it's a capped zone. So Idaho only sells so many tags in this zone. Uh, they limit the number. It's not a drawing, but but when they're gone, they're gone. Mm-hmm. Unlike some over the, over the over the counter, they'll sell as many elk tags as people will buy, True. Right? True. which is I think is what they did in that other unit. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so yeah. we went we went to this other unit. Um, we did hear some bulls bugle. Um, they'd only bugle once or twice. They didn't act right, and and we would find a bull, and nobody would be nobody was around, and we would call a little bit to it, and I'm like, all right. Let's, let's get like one or two more replies from this bull and then we'll go after it. Sure. And then the second time the bull would reply, it was a little further away. And the third time I would reply, it was further away yet. I was like, what the heck? And this is, and we heard in, in two days, we heard 12 different bulls bugle. There's elk there. Yeah. They didn't want anything to do with our calls. Um, and then we changed areas two or three times. So I think we spent four days in that area and it just like there was more and more and more people all the time. It's like you would find a spot where some elk and then pretty soon more people would show up. So I'm like, well, my buddies in Montana are saying they're killing bulls and they're talking. So let's go. I feel like we should have probably went to Montana first and then <laughs> came and hit that Idaho on the back, sure. back end. Sure. But I mean, you don't know what you know, right? Yeah. So we get up to Montana. Well, a few days before, you know, guys are, you know, having some success, bulls talking. They're killing some bulls. We get up here and it's like, we were like caught the back end of that little wave. Like, like how you talked, like it was good for a day or two. And then it kind of would like collapse for yep. a few days, like a week. Yep. And then you'd get a couple more good days and they would kind of collapse. And that's kind of like what we found. We, we got here with all these high hopes and it was pretty quiet. It was a ghost town. And then finally we had a, we had one, we had one day that was like a, like a rut melee, rut fest, whatever you want to call it. Um, we had bulls bugling all over. Um, we had this bull bugling down over in this little can't draw below us. And it was by the shape of the, the land and the geography. If you've hunted elk much and you understand like how sound and their bugles uh, reflect, re, re, refract, re, relay to you from different terrain features. So like if they're down in a deep draw, they get a little echoey. If they're over on an open face or if they're on a face directly across from you, it's a lot clearer, more clear sound. Um, anyway, this bull was down in this hole below us and it sounded really muffled and kind of echoey. Like we couldn't really pinpoint where he's at. And I'm looking at my Onyx. I'm just like, I just don't understand like why this <laughs> elk sounds this way. Cause the, the map doesn't say it. Sure that it should sound like this. And I'm right. trying to figure this out and I'm bugling and I'm, 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 I'm going all out. I am hitting like every 10 seconds. I'm ripping the meanest ass bugle lip ball bugle you've ever heard. And then mix in with some cow calls, excited cow calls. And this bull's just eating it up, eating it up. And then pretty soon it's like, Oh, dusty. He's coming. He sounds closer. Let's go. So we start working down our way down this little ridge and it's kind of burnt, kind of burned there. And I take five steps and I look up that bull. He's marching up the hill right to us. Like he did not sound that close. It was one of those weird places where, or, and I don't know if he was bugling quiet or what, but I thought he was further away. Anyway, I look up here. That sucker is just on a, on a beeline coming right to us. 
And then I see him and I stop and freeze. And then he sees us and he stops and freezes. And then we had the stare down felt like forever. Mm-hmm. And then finally he kind of like licks his lips a little bit, kind of looks around and he's like bugles. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. He, he don't, he don't recognize us as people. Yeah. And then he kind of looks around and there's, it's a windfall jungle. It's a burn, right? It's sure. a windfall. It's a mess. And he's like, like looking this way, like, like trying to decipher which way he wants to come. And then he turns and starts to walk off. I'm like, no. So he walks out of sight and I run down the hill 50 yards because he's at 90 whenever whenever he he catches us. I scream. He pops up. He pops back up facing us. He immediately, he runs back up the hill right to us. And then he's like looking around. He's like, I don't see no elk. So then he turns around and goes back out of sight. And then I just run hard as hard as I can and then drop over the side of this little, it's kind of like a little hogback ridge. I drop off the side. I'm like, okay. And then he's at like 50, 60 yards. Um, I don't really want to shoot that far anyway. And then there's just way too much brush and crap. There's, you know, that stupid fireweed that grows, that purple flower fireweed. That stuff's like shoulder high. And there's just all sorts of just crap. And it it just, there wasn't a good clear shot, even if I wanted to shoot that far, which I typically don't. And anyway, that he drug us down in there. We pursued him. There was other bulls in there and we just, we went. We went ev- to every corner of this big basin, chasing bugles all day. And it finally, at some at one point, I just put my tube away. I just quit calling. They were bugling so much, I'm just like, I'm just gonna walk right up on them. Mm-hmm. And a couple times I did. We got really close, just not close enough. You know, they're sure. 60, 80 yards out. It was pretty. You got down there, it was open enough where they could pick you off. But man, we chased bugles all day. Awesome day. Went back the next day. There's four. <laughs> Four pickups parked there. Uh, Everybody else found him too. Yeah. <laughs> so, everyone else knew. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not into combat hunting. I don't, I don't want to get in there and have to compete with other people. I don't want to mess them up. I don't want them to mess me up. I'm so I'm just like, well, we'll go somewhere else. We'll go find someone else. We'll yeah. give this, we'll let those guys kind of stir it up for a day or two and then we'll go back. Yeah. But every time we went back, there was, there was guys there. Uh, but, uh, we bounced around all over the unit, you know, all over this mountain range mm-hmm. and tried different spots. And we found, um, towards the end of the season, towards the end of our time that we could be there. Um, the last three days, I think we found some more bulls we got into them, chased them around, but it's just like, they kept that magic buffer between you. Um, and it was pretty open timber and they, and we'd advance and we, we'd, we'd hear them bugle and I would just, I wouldn't even call until I was like, okay, I'm going to walk until I almost step on these things mm-hmm. and we'd walk right up on them and then call. And then it just didn't just, want to do just it. Didn't, this not happen. Yeah. And the last night we had this bull, we, we, we'd done that. We'd, we come, we'd in the morning, we'd heard five different bulls. Well, that night I'd put marks on Onyx. I'm like, okay, well this, this afternoon, this evening, we're going to walk up here and we're going to go to every single one of those marks and see if we can find that bull. And we found every single one of those bulls, but they did not want to play. And then we heard a different bull. We didn't hear it all in the morning, this big, nasty growler bull. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's, we didn't hear him before. That's yeah. the, the bag, the big daddy. And it was like one, again, it's like one of those weird echoey is like, I could, I'm like, where is that coming from? Dusty. Mm-hmm. And I'm, he's like, I can't tell. It was just like, you would hear it. And then you, you, and when you hear a bugle, you kind of turn your head a little bit and like, try to like get your eye, your ears orientated to the direction to like pick it up. And we could not pinpoint it. 
So I'm just like, okay, we got to hike, hike up. So we'd already come down from this section. So I'm like, hike up, up, up. We got to get higher to hear what this thing's at. Finally, we figured it out. So we put the move on him. And this bull was so smart. Like as we'd get close and I would call to him and he'd take off and he'd make it like he would make this J hook pattern. So he'd go and make a J like straight line, like on the same contour line as us. And then he would hook up and get right above us. And he would shut up and we'd go past him. And I'm like, where did he go? And finally, I'd bugle right above us, but back. <laughs> and I was just like, finally fed up. I'm like, all right, this is it, guys. I'm like, this is the way the season ended. And, and then I'm kind of talking to the camera. I'm like, and then he bugles one more time. Like, if I run up there right now, I think I might have enough light. We might have enough light left to shoot him. If I, if he just stands there, just dumb luck, and I just run up on him. So I take off charging like a wild bull, right? I'm like a bull elk and I'm, I'm screaming and I'm running hard as I can at this bull because this is that, this is all the, yeah. putting all the chips on the table. Yeah. The last chance. Yeah. And he J hooked me again. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, well, this, that's the end of the story. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. You know, he didn't get one guys. But. Yeah. But I, you know, in, in the whole season I did, I draw my, I drew my bow back twice. It was, it was September 29th before I drew my bow for the first time of the season. So you can tell like, it was just a weird year. And then on that first time I had a big, I did have a beautiful six point come in. I don't want to spoil it because you're going to watch the video at some point, but misjudge the yardage. You know, I'd ranged everything. I misjudged which tree was what. I guess I'm getting old. It's not as polished as I thought it was. Shot right over this freaking uh, bull's back. His no. beautiful bull. Yeah. And um, we had some fun. Yeah. But we really got our teeth kicked in. Oh. Really hard, and it, it hurts. It hurts a lot. And I'm still trying to like, like shake it off. Like, you're hey, you're back out here right now I'm, trying to get on with a rifle. I've I've spent more days elk hunting, and I I hunted elk in Idaho with a rifle. I I got the, probably the worst rifle tag. I, I've always said this, this, this unit is arguably the worst one in Idaho. It's wolf infested. Their elk numbers are tanked, sure. um, but it's beautiful. I love the country. Found success there last year. I'm like, you know, I'm going to go up there. I, I just need some me time. I'm going to go by myself a lot. Um, I got up there and I got, I got really close and had another hunter followed up. And, mm. But anyway, I've spent more time hunting elk this year than any year I've ever. I mean, I spent 90% of September on into October archery hunting. I spent, I was in the woods, elk woods, October 5th through October 20th in Idaho. Yeah. And now here I am in Montana. <laughs> Doing her again. I, I'm just hoping it's a deer year. Yeah. I'm just hoping like, I th- I'm just kind of start. I'm starting to think, starting to think I'm like, there's always hope, but I'm starting to think, man, maybe it's a deer year. Maybe I'll get a nice mule deer buck and I'll get a nice white tail buck. And, and it's a deer year. And I've had those before, Yeah, you know? but you can't, they all can't be diamonds, right? No, that that's very true. I mean, heck last night we were sitting out there in the truck and you call an elk right to the truck. I called it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what is I mean, this? Octo- uh, November what? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's October. What, October 29th? Oh, oh, it's That's October 29th. Yeah. It's almost November. Yeah, and you call one right to the freaking hood of the truck pretty much. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, and it was you know, a baby. Yeah, it was a baby. But and still. it was legal to shoot it. And yeah. I was like, 
I can't shoot that. It was cute. Cute little yeah. thing. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it does, to, to take its life for such little meat, that's, that would just be wrong. Yeah. So. For sure. But, <laughs> but it was the, cool to see. But it was cool. But the fact, I mean, you did call on right to the truck. I finally called so, one in. Yeah, you called one in. So, I mean, there's that. But <laughs> Still got it. <laughs> yeah, you still got her. I mean, that was the plus out of the whole season. Yeah. But Yeah, you know, I mean, I feel like this year was tough. I talked to so many people. And I mean, like other people, like, I mean, even hunting the area I was in and like, you know, areas that, you know, around and man, it was a struggle. Yeah. Like, it was not a normal, like what I would call like normal elk year. I feel like, heck, like both of us, like we've had years and it's like you feel like you're just like oh yeah i'm gonna that bowl sounds good i'm gonna call him in and yep. check him out i'm gonna call that bowl in and check him out just this year they just didn't want to play the game you right. know and it's so i mean it's like i look back and i'm like i feel like i learned a lot and i feel like i had a lot of experiences and like got in on them but dude i mean overall it was like experience wise i feel like it was hard yeah. you know and so i mean i you know i don't know feel fortunate but it's like you talk about being humbled i mean i feel like this year really kind of kicked you in oh, the knees a little oh, yeah. bit you know yeah and so yeah I've, i'm i a beginner again yeah i'm, I'm born again yeah. there, like i started a square next year square one exactly back to zero back to zero back to zero so um i did yeah. have a theory i did have a theory um and i don't know if i advertise this on this podcast i know i've talked about it on others before but um in the past but i call it the year of the huckleberry Oh boy. And this is my theory. <laughs> year of the Huckleberry. This year all over Idaho was a banner year for a Huckleberry. And a Huckleberry, if you don't know what that is, it looks like a blueberry. Um, but they're they grow in the mountains. They have uh, three times as much potency and flavor than a, than a blueberry does. They're amazing. They make great pie, jelly, oh. wine, whatever you want to make out of them. But anyway, this year was a banner year for Huckleberries. And I always say during the year of the Huckleberry, elk don't bugle for shit. And this year proved it again. And what causes the ear of the huckleberry, in my opinion, and this is probably true, um, but lots and lots of moisture. You got a really good snowpack from last winter, and then you have a wet summer. And that's true. Like yep. everywhere, like when I was doing all my cameras this summer, um, there was several days on cameras where it was like wet. You know, you, the animals were wet. Um, you could see the rain or there was bushes moving on a rainstorm. Um, a cop picked that up and we had an abnormally wet summer in North Idaho, um, and throughout the region and, and some, some areas had some really bad winters. You look at Southeast Idaho, you look at, um, part of Utah, they had, they had a hundred year winter, mm-hmm. um, lots of moisture. They had a lot of, um, a lot of herd mortality. Um, and then when you're herd when you start having herds, I think, and this is opinion, I don't know if this is true. I feel like whenever your, your elk go so far in the negative, like in their, in their physical condition to just to stay alive and then spring comes and they have to kind of build, build back from there. I don't, I don't think sometimes by September they're built back good enough. Yeah. Like they just don't have enough yet to just go bananas. And Phelps did a podcast. You guys have to look this up. I don't know which podcast number it was or what the biologist name, but he did a podcast with a biologist out of Utah that talked about how cows don't come into heat every year. Um, Sometimes they do. Sometimes a lot of the cows come into heat. Sometimes hardly any of the cows come into heat. And it all, in his opinion, from the data shows that physical condition of the cow dictates when she's going to come into heat come into estrus interesting and if she doesn't achieve the proper physical fitness you know to to 
to become pregnant and to carry a calf through a winter, she won't go into estrus. Really? And this year, I feel like that kind of really proved that, that idea proved that because a lot of the West, you know, had some pretty bad winters and those cows went probably in the minus Yeah, to have to try to like come back though. We did have really wet summer, lots of feed, but I don't know if that didn't, I don't know if that helped or not to an enough degree, but also back to the year of the huckleberry. Yeah. When you have a wet summer, you have feed everywhere on a dry year, things dry up. On a drought year, things dry up, and the good feed is concentrated in smaller areas, and elk have to go to those areas. Now there's a lot more competition for breeding rights. This year, there was food everywhere. They didn't have to congregate. They didn't have to concentrate, and there was a lot less, a lot less um, competition for breeding per se. Like if a sure. bull had some cows, he may not. He could push those cows wherever he want, and may not encounter any more elk, especially in an area with low elk density. So. Yeah. That's my theory on the year of the Huckleberry. Um, I may be wrong, but I, I still think there's something to it. Um, but I mean, it's true though. I mean, well, tell, tell us what you think. You can email us at ctd at phelpsgamecalls.com. Let us know about year of the Huckleberry. Let us know about what your experience. Did you have a banner year like elk, the elk rut year of your life? Or was it kind of like what we described, really hit and miss and just kind of pretty lackluster? Yeah. I'd be curious. I want to know. I want to hear from people. Yeah. Well, thanks, John, man. I appreciate you coming on here. Um, I don't think people, sometimes people, they, they see the success of other hunters, but they don't know the homework that, that is put into it. And I can, I'm, I'm here to tell you, John and his wife, Kylie, Kyle, if you will, (laughs) they put in their homework and she's right there with them. They, they spend their summers. Well, everybody else is out jet skiing and water skiing and doing fun stuff like that. John is grinding in the mountains. He is sitting behind binoculars. He's sitting behind a spotting scope. He's hiking up hills. He's stashing water five miles from the truck, packing it in in the dead dead heat of summer. That way he has it in September. Um, Myself, I do a ton of summer work, setting trail cameras, packing heavy loads all over the place, doing things that most people, I, I can't get anybody to help me. Yeah. Nobody's going to help me because it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to the river. I'm going to swim. I'm going to the lake, man. I'm, I'm, I don't see much river time or lake time in the summer. Every now and then I, I do, but, yeah. um, but man, I, but I, it's a, it's a labor of love. It is. And that's the thing. I mean, I, you know, we kind of really touch on it a ton, but it's, you know, one of those things where, I think both of us, it's like you share that kind of passion and that drive to like want to achieve and just spend time in the woods because like we love it, you know, and I think that's the biggest thing, but it's like 365 days a year, you know, it's like I'm thinking about it all the time. We're researching, heck, how many times do we bounce ideas off each other like spots? <laughs> all the time. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, it's like I'm always learning. I'm all, I feel like I'm a student of the game. Like, you know, like I'm always trying to figure it out and like learn and how can I do things better? I feel like we could do a whole podcast just on like talking about, you know, the scouting phase, like the, the stuff that we do that leads up to those successful moments, you know, and like in, in everything and like how, I mean, this year like felt like a struggle, but I feel like we also had a heck of a game plan. And it's like looking back, if I didn't have all that time scouting and knowledge and stuff that I had done in the off season, I don't know. 
Like, I mean, probably would have had a lot tougher season than it even was. After the first time you went from having good luck to bad luck, your plan would have fizzled because yeah. you didn't have any other plans, any backup plans. Right. And then you'd have been like, well, let's go home. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, a lot of folks that don't have that, that second plan, that's what happens. Yeah. hundred percent. Put, get your plans right, man. Yep. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's just anybody is like study have plans a through Z and then some, and just keep checking the boxes. And it's like, when things get tough, which we both experienced this year a lot, it's like, you can't give up, you know, it's like, you got to keep punching that time clock and Hey, it might come down the last day and a bull J hooks you in the last 10 minutes, but it's like, you can't (laughs) control that, but at least you were in them. Like left it all on the table. Yeah. You tried and like, you gave it that effort. And you moved areas like you, you, you checked new areas, even at the last, you know, 10 minutes of the game to like, go find a yeah. new elk. Take and, a risk. Yeah. To take a risk. I think that's what it comes down to. Cause it's like, I know a lot of people, I think that feel like they get kind of hung up on a spot and they end up staying there the whole week, 10 days, whatever most people have. I feel fortunate that like we have the time that we do. Cause it's like, we're able to spend, a, you know, two, three, four weeks out there, five weeks, whatever, you know, chasing elk. Where a lot of people don't, but like I look at that and I'm like, man, I almost feel like we have to have a bigger deck of cards than a lot of the other people because it's right. like when you spend that much you're time, gonna, you're going to play through your cards really with the, with that much time. Yeah, if you're just weekend warrior, it you, you better have the right cards to play. Yep. on those few days you have. Yep. but if you have a lot of time, you better you better got the double deck of cards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what are those? Is that pinochle or whatever you play with yeah. two decks? Yeah, yeah. you you better have it all because it's like I mean you'll burn through them and. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like this year's tough. I hope next year's a heck of a lot better. And, you know, but I mean, yeah, I, dude, it has to get better after this year. <laughs> but it's like, I'm already back. You know, I mean, heck, what is it, you know, right now, end of October? And it's like, I'm already back at the drawing board. We're like, planning for next year already. Yeah, yeah. Like studying maps and like, where am I going to go next year? And it's like, I'll look at the same spots 75 times. You know, it's like, I just like, I'll study it and be like, oh, yeah, what did I miss in this? What did I miss? And I'm like, until I understand like the whole map of that little area and like Topo, Google Earth, whatever. And then I would like pick another spot and like I learn everything I can about that area without setting foot in it. Or maybe I've set foot there and like, what did I pick up there and like take notes and mark it for like next year and then keep moving to these other spots until I feel like I've got so many different spots dialed and in the back of my head. It's like we get out of the truck and I'm like, I know, I feel like I, I've walked this area 50 times, you know, like I just like, I know it. And I'm like, we're going to go in here. I've never even set foot here, but like, I know it like, and this is what's, this is what the animals are going to do. This is where they're going to be. Boom. And I feel like that's just what goes into like putting that much time and effort like into it, you know? And so I feel like it's aided in my success a lot over the years of just the homework. So I- Everybody I know that kills big elk and big deer, they put in a lot of homework and they may not advertise it where you're going to see it. That's the thing of the trap with social media is you don't, people share as much as they want. Sometimes they don't share a lot. Sometimes they share very little other than the success, but what took them to get there was usually countless hours of, of time studying and lots of sweat a lot of blood and like a lot of time put in understanding the area, understanding animals and just like just doing the homework. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, 
heck yourself. I mean, I don't post as much as like I used to on social media and whatnot. And it's like, but I never did ever post like really ever like my work behind the scenes. You right. know, it's just was kind of, I mean, like we kind of hit on in the beginning. It was like, I was always quiet, did the homework, went and got the results. But yep. it was like, I just, that was kind of how I always was, you know? And it's like, I, I am like, I just like, I don't show it or flaunt it like all over the place. It's like, I just punch the clock and I'm like, uh, you know, you know why? Because you do it for you. You do it for the love of it. You do it for you. Kylie. You guys love it. Yeah, that's why you do it. Exactly. I mean, you're like doing you, it for you're not doing it for likes. Yeah, yeah. You're doing yeah. it because you love it, it and you share some of the stuff along the way. So true. And like, I mean, I I love being out there with her. You know, because it's like one of those things. It's like, especially when we have success, dude. When she shot that bowl this year, it was like I was more excited for her. You know, like just. And then she probably was even shooting that elk. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? And it was like, I was so jacked. And it's like, but I love just seeing other people succeed. Like, you know, and like experiencing what elk hunting is, because I know how much it's meant to me over the years. And to see someone else be able to get, enjoy that and experience what an elk is and what they do and like how big they are and like everything. And like, just go through the process. And then it's like to, and to punch your tag at the end of it. And it's like, dude, that is like, it's special, you know, and mm -hmm. I just love seeing her get out there and enjoy it. And there's, I don't know if there's a greater gift that you can give to someone than to call them in an elk yeah, and have them take it home with them. I mean, yeah. I don't know a better gift. No, I don't either. That's why I told her. I mean, she got, you know, Hey, we got married. I'm like, no, this elk hunting's way better. Than yeah. <laughs> <laughs> honeymoon, shmoney moon. <laughs> yeah. I know. I did dinner. She's like, we need to do a honeymoon. I'm like, yeah, we did. We went elk hunting. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's good. I mean, I love it. Can't wait till next year. I just hope that they bugle a little bit better, but I mean, we're definitely going to start punching the time clock right now. I mean, already for next year, even though we still have hunts left this year to do, but I'm, I'm, uh, my mind's turning. So, yeah. Well, right on, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on here. Thanks a bunch. Check out John Gabriel. Give him a follow on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. No, you know, no we're Twitter. not on that. <laughs> we don't. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, Apex Advertising. If you guys need some killer t-shirt design, web design, logos, he's the man. He is the man. He does great work and really easy to work with. So Appreciate that. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Clean and protect your firearms with Riptide Armory. Riptide Armory's products are military and professionally formulated and approved, featuring a groundbreaking graphene-infused ceramic coating that is safe for all surfaces, providing unmatched protection for any firearm. Discover a new standard in gun maintenance. Order your advanced cleaning kits today at RiptideArmory.com. Riptide Armory, relentless performance for your firearms. I've been telling you guys about Land.com to help you find a place to call your own and do all the hunting and fishing and hanging with the family that you want. While owning your own piece of land is something that can generate memories, I can speak to this personally because my family, we own a couple small, beautiful little 
backcountry parcels. It can also generate income in both the near and long term, like starting a rental business slash family compound that can benefit both this and future generations. Check out the hundreds of thousands of rural listings from across America. Enough dreaming about it. Land.com is the place to find and invest in your open space. 